This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined as always by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Hot. Me too. It's very hot out. And today, also joined by producer and Israel educator, Matt Littman. How are you, Matt? Very well, thank you, Michael. All right, good. Uh, let's jump right in, talking about the is, is the rise in anti-Semitism that not only are we all observing and all talking about, but apparently is measurable by organizations that me- measure such things like the FBI or the Anti-Defamation League, uh, around the world, in Europe, in America— for example, is this rise in anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic incidents a quantitative rise, or have we made a qualitative change, that there's something changed in the Western world? Oh, good question. Um, that is my question for the day. I have an answer. There's and a I'm great curious question. what you think. There's definitely a quantitative rise. That is. That's been I shown. Think, I think fairly. we don't have to spend time right. with our listeners proving it. We're right. all noticing it. We read incidents. You know, just this past week, arson attempts at a Chicago synagogue, shootings in American synagogues. It's happening all over the world. Europe. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, that's. Uh, and par- it, it's, part it's, of why I think it's also qualitative is it's it's becoming oh. an issue in politics around the world. So that's the question. What is it in when? What, what is the. What does that mean that there's a qualitative change? In other words. I th- I think it's entered the mainstream in a way that it's not just fringe hater extremists uh, committing acts of vandalism or actual violence on people, but it's entered the mainstream discourse of politics in the Western in West the Western world. Some countries may be more democratic than others, but all these countries that have public dialogue, uh, you know, you have Jeremy Corbyn running for prime minister, and it's pretty clearly anti-Semitic. You have uh, anti-Semitism being debated in American politics from both sides, the Democrats accusing the Republicans, Republicans mm-hmm. accusing Democrats. Anti-Semitism itself has become the topic of conversations, which means oh. that the Jews have become the topics of conversation. You had during a debate in Poland this week, I mean, describe the incident. Alan's very troubled as somebody who travels uh, to Poland, not infrequently. In a, um, I, I think it was in Kielce, wasn't it? Which is... Which it, which pretty resonates depressing. for Jews yeah. was Kilty, wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't I, notice I, I'm that. I'm pretty sure uh, there was somewhere where there was history. Yeah, yeah a horrible <laughs> pogrom. I mean, that's and Kilty is is known as in July fourth, nineteen forty six. There was a post Holocaust pogrom where forty two Jews were were killed, and it was one of the sparks for at that point of the you know hundreds of thousands of Jews that had returned after the Holocaust to to get out. To leave. Um, so in Kiltsy, I believe, um, there was a political debate where the far right political candidate accusing the just conservative right political candidate of being a, a, a tool of the Jew, the Jews and the Jewish state um, pulled out a kippah and uh, at one point and then later put it on, on top of that. He kind of waved it over her head as like a symbolic that you're, you know, the Jews you're, you're have controlled control by the Jews. And where's it coming down? But that, that symbolic act is really actually because what you're talking about. the Jews are controlling about. Polish politics today. That's right. And how are the accusation. Jews controlling po- po- Polish politics is through the reparations discussion. 
at the reparations discussion that that Poland should be giving back uh, uh, personal property of for, to Jews who their property was stolen, which of from. course is a Jewish conspiracy, which is a huge and it's become a, a right. major. Look talk at what the Jews the are doing, yeah, in the political yeah. climate because there's an election coming in the fall. It's it's not become, it's not entirely different than rapists saying, you know, look at all these girls in miniskirts, look what they're doing. Creating all this rape problem is blaming the Jews for the reparations issue being an issue in Polish politics. Right, and so, uh, and but that's also pushing this conservative party to basically also, <laughs> um, which is in control, the Law and Order Party, which is in control. Well, to win the people over, you have to be, yeah. yeah. Um, which is really bowing to this, also stirring the coals of this. We're not paying reparations. Poland should be paid reparations from Germany. Poland shouldn't be paying Jews reparations. Well, without getting too deep into that one but particular rabbit hole, that's that's a major political issue of of correct. By the way, I just want to but say, if you look at the clip of it, I don't know but, where but, but he found it, that it, 1970s bar mitzvah oh, you find them all velvet <laughs> with like oh, you find silver them all over in the guest stores. You find them yeah. in like the wow, museum that guest that, stores. Of that was a blast from but the past. But it was also interesting because he he obviously came equipped, like he knew that that's what he was going to be doing. Yeah. You don't yeah, just, so, but, he didn't yeah. find it on the set. <laughs> no, and he didn't walk around with <laughs> his like, case. He had a funeral to go to. I can use this. Right. Yeah, because, uh, again, why do I say this? Is because it's also, it, it grabs onto the old anti-Semitic tropes of oh, Jewish, Jewish money. Yeah. Jewish are only looking for money and their money is bringing us down. Yeah. That, that Jewish control is trying to it's bring us down. It's the illusion. Uh, there are several illusions there. There's the one of intentionality. The things that happen means there's somebody behind it making it happen. You know, uh, there's the uh, the the idea that somehow the people that aren't me are doing things in, uh, they're colluding with each other, that they're planning so, as a group. That so, that, Mike, I got, I want to I want to stop you there because I want to go back. I want to put you a little bit into your you you have a very good way of framing this in our discussions for the last months talking about this that I haven't really seen anybody else talking about. Framing it in this way. Yeah, I don't know why. Because I think and it's kind of obvious what's happened here. I think that what we used to. I think people. I think why it's because people don't think. Even people we should think this should think this way. Don't think in this framework of sort of Zionist history. Yeah, which is really um, is what it comes down to. So why don't you kind of sort of lay out for us your framing? Well, my framing is what, what used to be called in Europe the Jewish question in the 19th and early 20th century. We've, we, sometimes for some people that phrase is somewhat familiar without really understanding the history of the, the term right. the Jewish question, der jüdische Frage right. in German, in bad Brooklyn mouth nice, German. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I would, yeah. Uh, and uh, people are more familiar, for instance, with the Holocaust that the Germans called it the final solution. Right. Which I don't remember how that I, I forgot what that was in German, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, uh, uh, the solution was to the Jewish problem, right? The Jewish problem or the Jewish question, it was uh, called. And right. So, 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 but, but that a, that animated Jewish discussion in the nineteenth century. Well, I think just to and again, I I don't want to get too down a historical rabbit hole, but basically, when to to take a lot more complicated things and make a very simple presentation of it. In you know, in medieval Europe, in Christian Europe, or by, or for that matter, in in the Muslim world, the Jews knew their place, and the non-Jews knew the place of the Jews. Right. Whatever their role was, is whether it's second-class citizen or outsider, or you other, know, other. It, it had a, they had a prescribed distinct role place that they knew what it was. Not by our standards, great, but 
that's what it was, and it wasn't. There wasn't a question of right. what what to do with the Jews or or where they should go. And sometimes things were better, sometimes things were worse. But no, everybody pretty much knew what the place was. Yeah. Uh, with the with the rise of the secular nation state model in right. Europe, the role of the Jew became a question. In other words, right. well, what what is the Jew then? They're in all these countries. They live here. Are they German? Are they French? Obviously, referring to the ones that lived in Germany, and France. Are they <laughs> are they British? Are they and and uh, many of the Jews saw the opportunity of of being normalized, of life becoming normalized. What, what historians call the emancipation of the Jews of Europe. In order to get citizenship, citizenship, they grabbed many Jews grabbed with both hands this idea that okay, my religion is Judaism, but my nationality is French or German or right. Whatever. As we've spoken often on this podcast and in class, like. Uh, Frenchmen of the Mosaic faith. Nahon. That's right. what they called it for reasons that are somewhat odd to me. Right. I think because they weren't did a non, they didn't want to use the term Judaism. So, right. They were trying to just trying to de-ethnicize the and, terminology and, and make it really uh, depeopleize. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also really, the word faith mean somehow is less threatening than practice. Right. right. If you'd said of the Mosaic practice, means oh they're going to do weird things like cut off foreskins and slaughter animals right. in weird ways and things like that. But if it's just a matter of oh, they have a different set of beliefs for me about the Holy Trinity or whatever it is, then it's not as threatening. The argument right. was, both by non-Jews who argued for the emancipation of the Jews and by Jews who embraced it, was that this will end anti-Semitism, the Jews will normalize, and it didn't work. And the, this is the question that's that's the facing question, most of the Jewish leaders in the 19th century. Yeah. And, well, how, and how you answer we, that. Why haven't we normalized? Why isn't our role clear? Right. Why do some people treat us differently? Why do we have different ideas among Jews and among non-Jews about what the role of the Jews are and what their relationship is to the nation states where they live? In some ends, that causes friction. In some ends, it's very inviting. In some ends, and, and this ferment uh, was was a, a growing problem in not, not only intellectuals analyzed it, and the term they used was the Jewish question of the Jewish problem. Right. Why don't we understand the role of the Jews? And some would defend the Jews, and some... The, the term was used both by anti-Semites and philo-Semites, right. and Jews. Right. It was just uh, the term... Oh, completely by Jews. I yeah. mean, if you look at every single Zionist thinker, that is the question they're answering. Yeah. And they put it, what is the, what is the Jewish problem? Right. And sometimes with very seemingly anti-Semitic descriptions of Jews in Europe. I'm talking about the Jews. They, here they now, were right? they found they thought that the, the the what the Zionists argued was that the solution of saying double down on assimilation and that right. will solve the problem, the Zionists said that will not work. Right. It just won't. So the right so basically you could say in Big Gadol there are three responses, right? There's yeah. the assimilationists. Three responses to the Jewish question. How to, to resolve Jewish the Jewish question? Yeah, yeah. The, the the assimilationists, right? The religious I would say, those who yeah. said just let's hanker down, keep it as it was, and stay. Yeah, we can do okay in, in this in, murky, in our religion yeah. type thing. And then the Zionists who said we need to have our own nation state. Yeah, we have to stop living as right. in the diaspora. Right, and then and that brings us to the Holocaust and. The, de well, the decimation, the, which which Hitler you know? called the final solution to right. to the Jewish question. Right, that's what the Nazis called it. That we're going to resolve it by making the whole country Juden right, right. The, all of Europe free of Jews. Right, and now there won't be a question. That's the final uh, solution, and that was the most extreme solution on the yeah. non-Jewish side. Yeah, that is the extreme. Yeah, right. uh, uh, genocide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, no, I'm I saying there were other. It, you almost sound silly saying it because it, it's hard right. to understate that that. 
that that was, and that's why it's called final because right. all the other other right. all the other you know solutions finger quotes just right. kicked the problem down and didn't resolve it. We're going to resolve the right. problem by eliminating the Jews from Europe. Right. right. And once you have right. no Jews, then you have no Jewish question. Because that's no the only right. way to really resolve right. it. Okay. You can say that the Jews are a benefit living in their weird murky role. We think that they're parasites who are a cancerous right. entity within Europe. Whatever. whatever however you want to do We are resolving the problem. Right. I and mean, there were other ways, right? There were liberals. Liberals who said, no, just total rights would resolve any problem. There should be rights like every other person. A communist said, if we just uh, have an economic revolution, so the Jewish problem will yeah. go away. There was, there were all, and this wasn't a problem of, only addressed by Jews. This right. was a problem. You know, Sartre saying, famously right, not, wrote right. uh, 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 Jews and anti-Semites, analyzing right. what the Jews were doing wrong, what the anti-Semites were doing wrong. He thought everybody was right. wrong, and you know that uh, that uh, all were acting in bad faith. It, right. it was it was an intellectual problem. The Dreyfus affair became a big public discussion of. Well, here's a guy who really went the assimilation route to the nth degree, became an officer, and is still not. His he's role still is different. still, he's still different. a Jew. He's still a Jew somehow, and that Jew doesn't. But he's still not as French as yeah, because he's a Jew. Yeah, and so that's a that that all seemed to end with the Holocaust. Meaning, well, th- after the Holocaust, there was like there's a recoiling like that, a, like, that. Oh, oh wow. my God! If this conversation brings us to that as the solution. Then it's time to just drop the question, and we're just going to live with Jews in society like everybody else. And so anti-Semitism ends up being either, you know, to this sort of low-level social undercurrent, you know, we won't let them in our club. And now let's just be specific. We're talking here in the Western world. In the Western world. Because in in Soviet Union, it's— Oh, it's explicit. It's explicit, and in the uh, Arab countries, it's also explicit because they kick Jews out. Yeah. So in the lands that were part of the Warsaw Pact and the yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the Western world, the NATO world, yeah, it, it either goes to something that's you know socially inappropriate but euphemistically understood and sort of this quiet under the undercurrent, right. which is impolite <laughs> and eventually in most things has to be addressed. And by the time you get to the sixties and the seventies, right. it becomes socially inappropriate. So your clubs have to. And, and I'll be, say a real, well, a real marker is before world war two in America, universities had quotas for Jews and in post world war two, they're gone until the sixties. Right? Yeah. Until the sixties, you have restrictive clubs. Like right. this club only has Jews for members. Right. My, in, in Brooklyn, there was a, I think it was Seagate, the neighborhood. My grandmother took a, a photograph of it. No dogs and Jews or Jews in, in this community, right. not as an anti-Semitic sign, but just a statement of policy, you know, no shirt, no <laughs> yeah. shoes, no service. And it was on the list of things was no dogs and no, no Jews. Jews. Right. I love how you describe that as not being anti-Semitic. <laughs> well, in other words, it wasn't a screed. It was just, and, and at a certain point that became, <laughs> so, cultural changes occurred. The same cultural changes that don't allow for, you know, racist entertainment, you know, comedy or... Right. Or know, when it does happen, people jump on it and, and well, get upset. Or it like became socially unacceptable. Right. How like the hashtag Me Too has made it, Right. Socially inacce- unacceptable to you know sexism uh, and abuse and, and harassment. So that's and what that sort of happened for the Jews in the and other ethnicities post World War II environment, yeah. right? And other ethnicities. Now, of course, you also had your fringe extremist right wing, usually, but a little bit also on the left wing. Right. Anti-Semitism is one of those funny racisms that that inhabits both of the sets of extremes. Right. So, um, so now what's happened? What do you see that's it, different it, now? But in polite society, we all knew 
that anti-Semitism right. itself was bad. Right. We don't look at the Jews as inherently different. We accept them as part of society, and that is unquestionable. Right. Now, flash, flash forward, 2019. We're discussing it. Congress is discussing... What is anti-Semitism? France had to you know, debate, what are we calling anti-Semitism? Because part of what anti-Semitism does is, it doesn't disappear. So what begins as excessive criticism of Israel morphs eventually into absolute denial of Israel's right to exist. And and a growing social undercurrent, which... Which, yeah. we, the, the new anti-Semitism to a large extent expresses itself as anti-Israelism. Not And again, we always make the decision. We're not talking about criticism of Israel. We're talking about demonization of Israel, delegitimization of Israel. And they're saying Israel doesn't have the right to exist. So I, so I want to say two things to this, first of all. And always is, implying horrible motives to it. One right? is what we've seen now, interestingly enough, is that um, those on the right, which is where a lot of the anti-Semitism is rising in the last few years. Well, we saw that years, in Charlottesville with Jews will not replace are, us. Yeah, for instance. In a, pro, you know, in a, in a, in a are, protest against taking down Confederate statues, right. why are you yelling Jews will not replace Right. What does however, Jews have to do with this? However, many of that, vocals, but they are not was. critical of Israel no. right. on their no. right. That is, the, there's a, a paradox there because right. it's almost like this you know, okay, let all the Jews go to Israel. That'll be better. <laughs> yeah, you do have it. You do have it also in the right. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Control Israel controls things. Yeah. In that, but it's the same because here, but it's not like Israel has a del- illegitimate, like on no, the, not le- a on delegitimization the left. of Israel. And we see there's a huge rise on the right. So, but I want to get back to the e card because your framing is what's important. Why is this? Now make the link for us. Why is this the return of the Jewish question or the Jewish problem? To me, the line of the qualitative line and not just the quantitative line is it's being discussed in parliaments and Congresses throughout the, the Western world. How do we frame it? How do we clarify it? What is it? What is it? Who has the right to call it out? Who yeah. has the right to say it? Uh, and in other words, it's the role of the Jew that itself that has not become, it has become murky again. Right. That, that you can't, talking about Jews, everybody's talking about Jews and their role right. and how to talk about them and how not to talk about them and what's appropriate to say and what's not appropriate to say. Um, in a way that's like, when it, just don't be anti-Semitic. Like, so, it, if Jews were just normal part of society, we wouldn't have to have these conversations. So there's two examples I'd like to bring from England, which I think demonstrates this. The first one is the, uh, Michael brought up before um, Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the Labour Party. And the Labour Party recently passed a motion that they would not accept the um, internationally recognized definition of anti-Semitism as put forward, I think it's by like the International Holocaust Trust or something. They have a definition of anti-Semitism and the Labour Party said, we're only going to adopt it, but we're taking certain clauses out. And people said, how can you define to Jews what is being anti-Semitic? You don't have that right. So that was one example where people... What did they take out? Do you know what they took out? It was clauses relating to Israel, actually, and the way that you can talk about Israel. So that was interesting you saying that. And the second example is one of the soccer clubs in England, um, Tottenham Hotspur, Spurs, they um, present themselves as the Jewish team, the Jewish team. Mm-hmm. Right. and they have a chant that goes, Yidami, Yidami, um, being Yid being a derogative term for a Jew. Um, but they're proud of that, and they hold mm-hmm. it in that way. But the uh, anti-racism trust in England has said, you've got to stop using that chant because you're using racist <laughs> language. And they said, but it's our word. We, we've taken it for ourselves and said, that doesn't matter. You can't go around calling... Black people can't call themselves derogatory terms, and women can't call themselves derogatory terms. You can't go around call, using that you, term. You can in, in England? What do you mean? Meaning, I think in I America mean, you can. 
you can. It's not really. And I don't, again, it's not being polite, but nobody would say right if a, if a black person. No, but there's different. There's different like, you see comedians do it all the time, right? America has different freedom of speech. I'm saying, yeah. So uh, they get in trouble for it, I think. Comedians in America? No, they don't. Uh, in England, they did. There, there was a black comedian that came to England, and he was using the N-word repeatedly, yeah. and they took him off stage. Well, so, if, yeah. if a white comedian uses it, it's a problem, but no, if a black, a black person, yeah. A black, I'm right. saying blacks can, you know, interesting. But, but, I mean, that sounds a little bit to me more like the the controversy in America over, like, the Redskins. Like, mm-hmm. uh, right. yeah. Well, but again, that's not by Native older, right. Americans. No, that's I'm saying by that's right. White people, you know, ooh, exactly. ooh, the tomahawk chop. Yeah, but that that, thing, but the thing with Jeremy Corbyn is a really interesting one because you asked what were the the main clauses they took out and they were related to Israel. Right. Well, the um, left's the left's anti-Semitism is couched in anti-Israelism. That if yeah. I can deny that the Jews are a separate nation, that they really are part of the white power establishment, the privileged white establishment, and therefore they're exploiting brown people. That's the narrative anti-Semitism of the left, even though Jews are not. And the narrative of right-wing anti-Semitism is that they are uh, that they are undermining the white establishment that needs to be privileged because there is superiority and they need to have their race maintained. And so the Jews are undermining that by being this sort of scary quasi group that look many of them look white and they're under and they're a danger within even though they're not really white like us right so uh, okay so let me ask you let me to sort of clarify this what Mm -hmm. you're saying and you're framing in this jewish question is what 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 comes to my mind is going back to that dreyfus trial yeah um that that is almost like this that's what you're kind of saying because the dreyfus trial uh, there were many people who were Pro Dreyfus, right? Yeah. Were against the anti-Semitism that was being right, and what shook and what shook Theodore Herzl wasn't whether he was guilty or not. Dreyfus, if you remember, was right as as Mike said, was convicted soldier. It wasn't was he, uh, uh, guilty or not, officer. But, but but officer lieutenant, I think. But was the fact that the the crowds were dr- screaming death to the Jew? Yeah. Do you know that's one of those At, weird things that uh, Herzl always told that story that way. Right. Uh, again, uh, wait, right. Wait. It's not entirely Obviously he, that he, may have, but in his diary that day, he didn't write that. Well, he was a he was a playwright. I mean, he really wanted to be. A, 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 I think you know, he so genuinely think he, remembered it that way. But there are historians be. now who are saying they were they may not have whatever, that, wh- wh- whatever the specific chant was. And Herzl felt that that chant crossed right. the no, line. But the, the fact that but the, the fact, fact that he was innocent and yes. pretty clearly innocent, and the evidence was ridiculous. Right. But I'm saying, the but major the, evidence the, was that the signed document handed over to the German spy was clearly not in his handwriting, and the uh, the handwriting experts said this looks like the handwriting of somebody trying to not look like Dreyfus's handwriting. Right. So the, it could only be Dreyfus. Right. But 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 what really got the people going was the was the fact that this the controversy around the talk about it. Well, the talk about it became because once it became clear that they caught the actual Kai Esterhazy, and right. it became public knowledge that it was him. The question was: Should the French government not only acquit, you know, but but pardon and and right. uh, and bring? And the French government said no, no. The, because Esterhazy was connected to the noble family. Why should we embarrass the army more? Why should we go through more? Right. And a good chunk of French society was saying. 
What are you talking about? We sent an innocent man to Devil's Island, and right. you're talking about whether or not is are we are we a country of justice and laws or not? And half the country said, okay, but it's embarrassing, and let's just let the whole thing settle right. down and forget it, put it all behind us. Right. Okay. But I, I want to get I want to get the point of what I think you're trying to make is that because the Jew was the talk of the day. Yeah. Was the talk of the day. That is why the Jewish question existed. And in that's a, why it's come a, back now because the Jew is the talk of the day. In a bunch of funny, weird, unpredictable ways, Jewish identity became part of the complicated political discourse of the age. Problems kept popping up that were difficult to resolve because a Jew was involved right. or the Jews were involved. And so we can't really resolve it because we don't get it. So now that is morphed into anti Israel or all those other things, but it's still the same idea, which is. Let's talk about the Jew and their place in right. the, in the world. Elon Omar says something, and Congress says, "Well, we have to condemn that." Well, but can you condemn it? Because it wasn't was it explicitly really anti-Jewish? Well, so we'll respond to it in a way. And then the Republicans are like, "Oh, look at the Democrats are anti-Semitic." Like the, just that, that. I get it. I get. Right. I get why that's that. I, you could accuse that not being a sufficient response. And then you have major leaders in the Republican Party posting pictures of. You know, Hillary Clinton with Jewish star with dollar bills right. or, you know, fun, Republican fundraiser things of like, look at George Soros right. and naming like three Jewish names. Right. I'm like, do you want them running the country? Or the international edition of the New York Times. Oh, my a, gosh. A cartoon, right? <laughs> I mean, that we are in, we are in a different era oh. if in the New York Times, International New York <laughs> Times, you see classic Jewish caricatures. Print and then, all the news fit to print, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the, it's the newspaper of record, at least yeah. in the United States, and it's famed yeah. throughout the world. This is the international edition. And somehow that was seen, that that would have been unthinkable. And if you told me that would happen, right? I mean, who would predict something like that? It means, and now- we're not so far into the Jewish question age yeah. that in polite society that was acceptable. Uh, but that's not your point. That's not my point. Your point is the fact that there's a Jewish question again. Yep. That is the essence of anti-Semitism. Yeah. Where it comes out. Because it's when Jews are talked about as there's something different, so there, we need to discuss this. Yeah. Then, People, you right? have arguments about how to talk about Jews. Is, is somebody's Jewishness relevant? Are we talking about Israel in a way that's offensive to right. Jew Look, we have students, and we've talked about this a number of times, where a, you know they'll be discussing Israel in class, and a teacher will, you know, the professor will turn and say, Schwartz, you're Jewish. How do you defend Israel? Yeah. And there's this sense in, in you know, there's a, there's a sense of like, that's outrageously unfair, but there's also a sense... Clearly, for many people, that there is a connection yeah. there, and when we push that connection, we, we tell Jews, "You're this well, is your ham homeland." Right. I was going to ask you about how you feel that flip side of the equation. What What is it that for Jews, there, there is something that Jews a, want to believe themselves? I'm a to be Zionist. Different. The Zionists accept the Zionist solution to the Jewish question was the Jewish question is a problem. Anti Semites are right. You're right, and it's not going to change, and it's not going to go away. Assimilation won't work. Integration won't work. N turning Jewish culture into purely a religion but not a nationality won't work. They're right. We've outstayed our welcome. It's time to go, and until we do, we're always going to be a sore thumb sticking out. And, 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 and we don't really understand our role, and they don't really understand our role, and it's going to cause friction and tension, and that will— Now, that's what the Zionists answered. Were they right? right? 
We still don't know right. because no one has finished the experiment. And one of my pet peeves right. is when people say, well, I guess Herzl was wrong. It didn't resolve anti-Semitism. How would we know? Uh, this is not this is not what Herzl said. We haven't achieved the the max. But Israel, I would say also, does it? Fifty five percent of the world's Jews live in the diaspora. It's still, so it's still it's still interesting that Israel stands out as a uh, as a nation where that question is still discussed, the legitimacy and not, which is correct on the individual. Correct. Level. It's part of the Jewish question: right. What are the Jews and what is their role among the nation states of the world? Right. Are they an independent nation that have the right to rule themselves? Oh, then why do 55% of them not right. live in their nation state? Obviously, and we've had but, Arabs say this to us. Yeah. Well, obviously, you don't think it's your homeland. By the way, we're not the only ones it, with that, by the way. I have that to what? do some more. That have a larger diaspora than uh, home like The majority country. of their people yeah. live in diaspora? Yeah. My friend Steve, who listens, Steve Klein, who listens, uh, wrote me a comment. I forgot. That I wanted to share that the Armenians, in fact, Armenians yeah. are 3 million there's, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but they have uh, also more than 50%, more than more than us that live in the desert. He had a few other countries also he gave me. So, weird, weird, weird that they're all, they were also subject to genocide. Weird that they're right? also subject to genocide, but nobody d- discusses the legitimacy of Armenia today. No. Other than Turkey, maybe. Right. But, Turkey does. But the world doesn't. And Uzbekistan. Uh, right. But the world doesn't. Right? Uh, I'm just saying, I think... I. This thing of there are plenty of parallels, but yeah. but but the, the Kurds are a parallel. They don't have a state to live in. Yeah, so they have a parallel in the other they way, right? One. That they weren't they in one. a state. They're fighting right. for one. Right. They've been exactly. fighting for one since World War One. That's another. So I I, I think um, that this is uh, 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 such a a um, important framing. Uh, this idea that all of a sudden, once again, in the Western world, the Jewish question. The Jewish is back in place. Well, no, um, let's be, let's be, let's be. In other words, in the idea that you're framing, in other words, the Jews Correct. are talked about. And even though that, like Al Jazeera, which we, you know, an Arab. Uh, right. Just had to, they've just, just printed a retraction, retraction of a Holocaust uh, denial story. Exactly. Which is, you know, which is, you say, oh, that's a win for us. No, because the fact that there was a discussion of this, even a possibility that that comes up, that is, that is, that is exactly the problem. Well, uh, Okay, so let's let's be because, let's, let's, because by the way, in the end of the day, Dreyfus wasn't pardoned, but he did get out after six years, right? He was uh, eventually uh, he was pardoned decades and after then, his death. Well, yeah. like uh, ten years ago, but I'm saying right. back in the day, he didn't spend the rest of his life no. in Devil's Island. He did get out, so some would say, well, eventually justice was had. Uh, I right? don't think that's I don't think so either, but, call that justice. Okay, but, I agree, but but I'm just saying there. In other words, even though we have wins like oh, Al Jazeera had to bring it down, the New York Times had to apologize. Oh, sure, and, of course, along but the way, but that's not the point, right? There's a defense. There's always a side in the Jewish question debate that argues for. Uh, in, in integration, normalization, right. on, on and some on unfair terms, some on fair terms. Part of the argument is always, you know, how do we make this work better right. and not push out? But the identification that there's something right. wrong is, is what I'm talking about, exactly. which is a more subtle thing now. Which is we, the, the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is that the Jew is still a question. Yeah. The Jew is a question. The Jew is now, a question. And, and that question is debated. Yeah. Philo-Semites and, and anti By everybody. Yeah. Now... <laughs> I think we have to be self-honest that as Zionists, we see things in those terms. In other words, if Zionism yeah, to a large sure. extent was a response to the Jewish question, so our antenna are always up to look for the Jewish question. <laughs> right. And many people respond, you know, well, you're being alarmist. Uh, this is just one of those phases that gets better. I don't know why you're pessimistic. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, a perfectly reasonable response to what we're saying. Every problem, in any time you have a problem, there are three things that can happen. You can get better, you can get worse, you can stay the same. 
So, uh, I, so, I, so this, if you know, if I, we're wrong, now, by the way, even like, if we're right, and it is the return of the Jewish question, it could get better, and it could things could improve. But the question so is, I, what's yeah. the worst, better, and, and good? Are you talking about anti-Semitism in terms of? The way it's perpetrated, or are you talking about the way the question is asked, or are you talking about the way people are talking well, about it? I think as the role of the Jew, the Jew becomes more confusing, anti Semitism, the anti part group always rises. I, I will say what I, I, I don't like to be an alarmist. I never like to be an alarmist. When I, was, uh, when I was a kid, I remember rejecting those you know, scenarios where teachers would ask us, could there be a Holocaust in America? Let's discuss. Or as an educator, I always, I always moved away from asking those questions. Um, and I don't really want to, I don't want to go there at all, but I, in the last months have ticked up a level of nervousness and alarm. Well, I've always been short term, non-alarmist, long term, right. pessimistic. Right. That, 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 I, that I, so I, now I'm even short term, I, I don't want to say alarmness, but I'm, I'm nervous. I'm worried. I think that the uptake in violent acts against Jews has increased across the world. Yeah, and that is that is scary. Also, I think that's the, real. The, yeah. the level of the types of attacks has become sort of different. Like when I was a kid growing up in London, um, I I went to university in a place called Liverpool, which doesn't have a particularly large Jewish community. I'd be waiting at the bus at the bus stop, and people would see me, and they'd go, "What time's the bus, Jew?" Like <laughs> in in English, it works. In American, it doesn't really work. Jew and Jew, whatever it would work. Um, people would say things to me on the what time's the press do. Do. And oh, you say, I get it. the bus. Yeah. It's like it's like the Woody Allen movie. Yeah, uh, with uh, okay. Annie Hall. Annie Hall. And, they, uh, and they'd sneeze at me like Juno, Juno, and things like that. Like that was right. fairly common. One time walking okay, to Shul. That is hilarious. <laughs> one time, semites are so funny. One time walking to Shul on Kol Nidre night, I was wearing my uh, my tennis shoes with my suit and tie, and a guy walks past me and goes, "Put on an effing proper pair of shoes, won't you?" Um, <laughs> But th those were harmless, you know. I mean, they were still there. They were still anti-Semitic, but it was harmless. Like, was harmless. They weren't violent. They mm -hmm. weren't physically okay. violent. But they I mean, were not well, harmless. I would say if it's not, not physically harmless. violent, well, uh, speech I is harmful. I found mm. it. I found it funnier more than anything else because it was. It's like, upsetting, but it's not causing physical. I harm. didn't find it upsetting. It's not dangerous. Okay. Emotional harm. Uh, okay, I didn't feel emotionally harmed personally. Were but, you triggered? Well, we sure see that it has been emotional harm. <laughs> were you triggered? I mean, uh, no, I mean, you know, life is full of hearing things that upset you. Like that's life. I don't know. Okay, but that doesn't mean the things that upset you. You shouldn't do that to people on purpose because it's very harmful. jerky. That's harmful. Uh, harmful is a strong word. But you weren't talking about people being beaten up in the streets and no, things like that and shooting. I think, that, I think correct. You should say we should have different language to describe physical assault and, and verbal. Assault. We do. This is physical assault. That's verbal assault. Okay, and the result is. <laughs> Both harm and both. Yeah. Right. One is physically harmful, one is emotionally and, and physically and could upsetting. be emotionally. I think upsetting. upsetting. Okay. But it's the physical harm which seems to be much more prevalent now and seems to be okay and seems to be happening. Oh, I don't believe that for a second. I think it's well, bubbling up. You think there are fewer verbal incidents? No. But I'm saying if you're talking so about there's a rise. physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're yeah, more physical for sure. violent, uh, incidents. Yeah, but there's constant. I mean, oh, yeah, but that's been going They're on just usually not newsworthy. Uh, yeah, so, but I, I think to end on a good note, we have to actually say uh, that tonight begins Lagba Omer. And it's not just Lagba Omer, but the funny thing in Israel, this is the biggest public event in Israel's year, mm -hmm. Lagba Omer. Are there, are there uh, fire but, burning restrictions tonight like there, there were last there, year? There are, but clo somewhere around half a million people visit 
Meron on this holiday. It's the biggest event. It's the biggest police event. It's bigger than the the holidays in Jerusalem. It's bigger. Any other is bigger than the Eurovision that just was. Mm-hmm. The biggest event that Israelis go to, and again, it's across the board. It's not just religious Israelis go to Meron on on Lag Bomer, plus all the people who celebrate it home. But half a million people go. That to me is crazy. And it's essentially a diaspora custom. That's it's not, crazy. It's not a classic. Uh, no, the custom of going to Moron started in Israel. Yeah. No, the, but even Lag Bomer itself is, is a, I mean, no, when you say late fi- in Jewish history, you're talking about, you know, 15, 1600, yeah, yeah. 1700 years. Late. You said late, late. You didn't say late. You said diaspora. It was a, it started diaspora. here. No, it started here. I understand. A, but after the fall of, it's not, it's not when Jews had sovereignty. No, for sure not. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, so you know, but, yeah. tonight, it, because in Israel we're expecting, we're having temperatures now of like 37 degrees. Tonight they're expecting overnight for it to go to like 40 degrees, whatever that is in America, and it's like 100 and... That's about 100 and plus. Okay, so it's a lot. Too. So I'm impressed that you know the temperature. Ah, mm-hmm. very good. Uh, I'm so, not so sure you can say that. In no. England you would be arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what the suggestion is, at least in Modin where I live, is instead of doing bonfires... They're turning on the fountains in the central park Bless of the city and encouraging everyone to go to the water fountains instead of lighting fires. So they well, get together and go and do water. There's so no wastewater. Because we had such a winter. Uh, yeah. By us, we're having, there's only a local lot. In other words, not every B'nai Akiva. Right, professional. Shevet, I mean, just, there's two places you're allowed to have it. So it'll be very safe and they know where it is. And da, da, da. So the younger kids did theirs last night. Mm-hmm. And put your laundry inside. Yeah. Uh, and close call. windows. But you should have anyway because we're in a shrav, so can't, can't put the laundry out. Well, happy Lagba Omer. <laughs> Welcome Lagba back Lagba to Omer. the age of the Jewish question. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I have, I, long term, I am, uh, longer term, I am always optimistic that <laughs> things will resolve themselves in a positive way. And it's up to us to make things healthier and better. So Mike is, has a short-term, long-term, and eschatological term. That, that's, that's more or less what it is. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're headed, there's a bumpy road to get to the better future, as there always has been. A civiliz- yeah. That's the story of civilization. We're way better, you know, no, there's no inquisition, you know, ripping people apart at the stake for trying to convert. Like, it's just, a, so. God willing. God willing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be that positive. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Matt. And as always, thank you, Ben. And bye-bye. Lag Sameach. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, This is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys.